Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the eyes full. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to part two with Troy Perdue. <laughs> Troy, we're here again. We're going to continue your story because you had so much to say. Um, Goddamn, thanks again for, uh, for doing this, man. This is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we're really glad to have you on the show, man. It took me 41 years to get on a podcast. <laughs> took me about it's been a lifelong dream <laughs> took me 37 to create one so it's so good <laughs> I mean, I, it was funny i really did like you know you want to i want to take this seriously i am taking this seriously uh you know but we're having so much fun at the same time but i it's like i said i reached out to my my human resources my hr is all the way in new york city and i'm like hey i'm doing this podcast and of course they're like if you refer to section 13 chapter 4 of your employee handbook you will see that it reads and it and they highlighted it for me uh, uh-huh. and so you, you know this is a lot of fun you know one to be able to tell these stories and one to be able to joke about it uh you know but there's also such a serious side to this. <laughs> i know seriously yes. you gotta be so careful on what names we but we we have like i said we've got our den mother who is uh Who's she's she's our master editor, you know. Wait. So if, if names are dropped or anything, we can always bleep out, you know, any kind of specific things too that keeps us uh, at least hopefully on the legal side. Yeah, <laughs> but I saw a cute little dog run in the in the in the screen. Yeah, first. She, uh, she's that, is that the six year old rescue? Yes, it is. Yeah, what's what's the name? Uh, her name is Sophie. Sophie. Aww, Sophie. Sophie. Where are you at? So I have a six year old rescue named Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> she's like Sophie, i don't want to be on camera Sophie. <laughs> i told I, I i i tell a lot of people she's in the mafia because she's really good at avoid getting her picture taken <laughs> <laughs> i always say my dog's in the mafia because whenever you try to put his leash on him he circles you like a shark so we've taken to calling him jimmy the shark, jimmy the shark. and that just sounds like he's a hitman <laughs> so we're like jimmy the shark he's gonna come get you um, a lot of a lot of people ask me what my favorite city that I've lived in is, and I quickly mm-hmm. say Chicago. Uh, if you're not, you know, if I got to leave out my hometown of Kansas City, mm-hmm. I quickly say to sh- Chicago um, because that is just an awesome and an amazing city. Um, Seattle, people ask me to compare Denver to Seattle a lot, and I'm really reluctant to do it because Denver is not Seattle, and Seattle is not Denver, and I just, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like trying to rope Austin in there too. It's like it's it's a liberal art city, but they're they're all very unique in their own kind of perspectives. Just yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like I said, man. You, you guys just play. I, I, I don't want to say you guys. I, I apologize. Wait, for, what do you mean, you guys? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I immediately backed off of that one. <laughs> it seems like Seattle kind of plays by their own rules. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of things happening up there that would not happen or be acceptable or it would at least be met with resistance in a city, even like Denver, that's trying to tout itself as, you know, a progressive liberal, you know, whatever you, you want to call it. Uh, 
So I get try to get people that give me that. You know, I remember you would see naked bike rides down by Pike Market. Oh yeah, every oh, every yeah. Uh, every solstice. Yeah, every solstice. Can, there's the naked yeah, bike ride parade. Hundreds of people getting pepper sprayed or maced in Denver. If that happens, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens in Portland too. I think they 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 yeah. adapted it, but yeah, that's uh it's pretty iconic. <laughs> I, I remember riding my my bike home from work one night, and it just it was the same day as that. And I ran into like people that were still out from the parade. It was like 1 a.m. I'm riding home and they're still out from the parade. That was at like 10 a.m. Just, just riding their bikes, body painted, like, Woo! They're like take off your clothes. And I was like, no, I'm on my way home. And then I like gave them a little ding on my bell and they all ding their bells. And I was like, see you guys. Have a good night. We all just ruined our separate ways. So. Seattle's awesome, man. <laughs> Seattle really is a cool city. Uh, <clears throat> Man, to have water, mountains, mm-hmm. uh, both at your fingertips like that. So that was Washington cool. State, you got water, mountains, desert, and rainforest all within a two-hour drive. I think I remember someone telling me. We're the only state in, in, in all 50 that has all four topographical regions. Yeah. We just don't have tropical. We have rainforest. <laughs> no, tropical rainforest. It's, it's, I know, but it's still rainforest, so it, cover, <laughs> it, it covers that. <laughs> That's where I'm from. <laughs> I, I walked into some business and there was a picture of Seattle and I think it said 1960 something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, this looks like a, you know, almost a freaking cow town. Um, yeah. You know, so I almost felt like Seattle isn't a very old city. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been around for a while. It's, know, it's been it's, around since like the 1800s. It was like, it was a stop for people it was a port city on the way to alaska for the gold rush um and that was kind of one of the big things that put it on the map and it became known for um, prostitution and 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 uh like the last stop before alaska no there's like no yeah no that's why i'm laughing if you go to the it was like a huge like prostitution ring and if you go to the human smuggling chain uh, if you go to the pike place brewery they they have like uh the owner there chuck Finkel, he'll do a, he gives tours and he'll, he has the tour data back for beer all the way back to Mesopotamia. And, and he has like the, the history of Seattle. He actually has a beer called Naughty Nelly, which is named after, um, I forget her name. Her first name's Nelly. I don't know her last name, but she was the headmistress of like the big, um, house. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. You know, she was like the main, the main madam, um, in Seattle back in those days. Uh, and then, yeah, and then that city burnt down and they built another city on top of that. And then my family's history starts around the early 1900s. My, my, my uh, great-grandparents moved here and my great-grandpa was actually um, part, one of the guys that built the Smith Tower. Um, it's, it was, at the time, it was one of the tallest buildings in the country, I think. And now it's just a tiny little building in Seattle that's got a cool little pyramid-shaped roof. <clears throat> It was a nice education. Like, I didn't know that there was such a thing called Dungeness Crab. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a Dungeness. At that point, when I served an oyster, it was just the oyster. <laughs> yeah, and now, <laughs> yeah, not oyster from a certain beach over there. It was an East yeah. Coast oyster or West Coast oyster. I didn't know Shigoku. I didn't know Kumamoto. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shigoku. Kumamoto. You know, fat bastard. I didn't even know all these. Uh, different names of uh, just reference a silver city beer or fat bastard. Uh, fat bastard, I believe, is a three year rolled Shigoku oyster. Okay, because there's yeah, rolled. Better. What does that mean? Um, oh, 
three-year-old role. And I'm from Kansas. I'm not going to start speaking on the. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. But it, I guess uh, they get rolled uh, during their maturation mm. process. And so a Shigoku that gets rolled for another year, I don't know. Google it. Well, the internet now shut up. My girlfriend, I was, I was just telling my girlfriend last night. I was like, the internet wins every time. Every time. Every time. It's been, it's been a, it's been the, you know, being a guy who bartended before the internet really hit our pockets. You know, you had it at home, you didn't have it in the bar. <laughs> yeah. Versus having it in the bar. I mean, you got an answer to every question now where it used to be, we just sit there and wonder about stuff. People would, we talked to every single person in the bar trying to figure out what that movie Kevin Bacon was in, in, in like the early eighties when he danced, you know, you know, was, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to, you'd have to like create conversations. You couldn't just look on your phone. Like, oh yeah, those. How do you guys feel about the movie waiting? <laughs> I was actually going to ask you if you've ever seen the movie waiting. I think, yeah. I think I think it is a I think we both agree on this. Don't speak for me. Tell me how you feel, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, that it is a must watch for anybody who is thinking about or is in the industry. Okay, they should, they should watch the movie Waiting. It's I, I don't know. Uh, one I think just think Ryan Reynolds is probably one of the funniest people. Agreed. Uh, I like yeah. Deadpool better. His, uh, I'll stick a finger up my butt when I'm feeling frisky. But. <laughs> How do you guys feel about full frontal male nudity? <laughs> I, I think um, watching that movie the first time around, he hit so many. I mean, he that that movie hit so many nails on the head, like because yeah. there was no real representation. I think of that side of of our industry up until that point in pop culture. And so I remember seeing that movie in the theater with my friends that I worked at a bar at a you know brewery with and we all just went like shit faced and snuck like six packs of beers in our pants <laughs> into the movie it was such it was such a great experience i mean i think it it made it even better like just because of everything else too but yeah that that movie was really a coming of age for a lot of us <laughs> uh if you've never if you've never heard of it i recommend whites yeah no I, yeah i love that I, show what? six yeah. episodes on on uh is, that a British is it on hulu it's it's a BBC. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, and um, I, I think I've seen commercials. Oh my god! I never actually watched it. I, I definitely omelet no eggs. Or was that <laughs> an eggless omelet? Yes. 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 Just did the parsley on the plate. <laughs> Here's your eggless omelet. <laughs> he put the plate down. But the, don't take it out. Don't take it out and give it to him like that. Breadsticks. What do they made of? What? Take away the bread. What are you left with? Sticks. <laughs> Sticks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Watch Whites. Uh, Whites okay. is um, is it a t six episodes? I think maybe it just um, went one season on the BBC. So it's like you know, they, uh, it's a couple hours worth of really great like kitchen humor. But it's 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 very you know it shows the very little uh, attention that again that servers you know there's no servers show like. Mm -hmm. What was two? Uh, what was that show that was on uh, uh, regular regular network TV? Um, oh, two broke girls. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, two broke girls. Two broke girls. I never watched that one. Kind of, it kind of. I feel like the re the industry is misrepresented, and so I just yeah. I, I watched like one episode, and I just got I got too frustrated at like 
it's specific things about how restaurants run. I just couldn't watch it. Cause I was like, you're, you're just, you're just horrible servers. Like no wonder yeah. you're not getting, no wonder you're broke. Yeah. Like if you yeah. gave a shit about your job, you might make them a little money. Well, I mean, you know, I, I guess this is my encouragement to you guys or somebody to find you know, a positive platform out there for servers. Cause the movie waiting doesn't, while I think it's hilarious and I think it's, you know, deadly accurate. Mm. I've never personally seen um, a cook, chef, whatever you want to call him, run a piece of French toast up his up his ass crack. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's no. the, that's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. But like, I, but, I've never worked in a restaurant where I would see. I that. think yeah, nobody's. I've never seen a chef or right. a bartender or anybody oh. do anything like butcher somebody's food, like pull oh. some food down, throw it. But I always. But you but know, all, I've I, never seen it happen. But I know people that have claimed to have done it too. But we so. all. We. All, I mean, that, the thing about that movie that I love the most is like these are the things that I would love to do to people. But I'm never going to do it because I don't want that shit happening to because me. Because it's a movie and movies are fantasy. I've yeah. definitely given caffeinated coffee out as decaf coffee. Sure. <laughs> oh, you monster. There's, that's, <laughs> I mean, do you want the fresh coffee or do you want the cold coffee? That's what I'm giving, <laughs> giving uh, you coffee that's either hot or... I'm really trying to think. think no, we don't have decaf coffee at our restaurant. I think the most malicious thing I've ever done to a guest food was was a a move geared more towards some a new server in the restaurant that i didn't like at the time um and i think it was just a one top they had and i saw their entree sitting in the window and i went and grabbed it and threw it in the trash <laughs> um just so that their guests would get mad that's, um, <laughs> well, uh, that's fucked up you're the worst man you're the that's worst. awesome but that's also hilarious <laughs> oh i would be so mad <laughs> I'm so mad at you, but, that but you don't so even funny. know. So you're just like waiting extra long for your food, and the kitchen's not making it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like think about that. Like, where, where's my fucking food? I already put it up. Someone must have run it already. They didn't run it. Make it again. <laughs> I've never, so I've never. Well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna go on to uh, this. That all that being said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all, all the shit we like to give and all that. Um, what? Uh, what would your teachable moments be then for the, for the, for the young servers coming in? What, what's like, I don't know, one takeaway that they could have from, from, from this where they, where it might make them that much better. Get to know your guests, like find name, like know their family, know who they're, know the wife, know the husband, know the child, um, know, know their tendencies. Um, just, it's like, it's not any different than me getting to know you guys or any other person on the street, like treat them with dignity and respect mm -hmm. at all times. Um, even when it's not shown back to you, um, because it says a lot more about you as a person. Um, if you treat somebody with dignity and respect and you treat them as a wallet, um, and as an ends to your own means. Yeah. And, and so your own means because at the end of the day sorry to say it guys i hate it's a cliche and i know it but uh guess first i mean that's that's what it is it's guess that's, first that's why you're Dude, that that's that's yeah. one reason we're doing this is that's that's one thing yeah. that people as much as we all want to bitch and and talk about you know the relevance of individual you know interactions and this and that we still have to remember that that's 
that's the most important part of our industry. It's a hospitality industry. Yeah. We're here for them. We're, we're here to be, to make their experience great. You know, you want them to enjoy your restaurant. So they come back to your restaurant with friends and family and you establish these kinds of connections. That, that, you know, for that young server that, uh, or for any server, I don't care. It doesn't, no age discrimination guys. Mm. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> no age discrimination. Um, <laughs> I carry around a picture on my phone, two pictures on my phone that were from one single night. There were tickets that I ran seven minutes apart. Um, it was a $10 tip on a $220 tab and a $300 tip on a $500 tab. And that right there mm -hmm. describes your night as a server. Yeah. Damn. And if my attitude would have changed in that seven minutes, mm -hmm. um, 300 on 500 doesn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Um, you just got to roll with the punches. I've kind of taken a hard stance recently on people that complain about uh, bad tips. It's like, hey, you know what I mean? It's about the guests. It's guests first. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's, you know, that's kind of the message. It's just, uh, you know, stick with it. Um, if you don't like it, uh, man, there's so many options. Seattle, especially Seattle, Portland, Denver, Chicago, New York City. My mm -hmm. gosh, if you don't like the the pho restaurant you're working in, go work at an Italian restaurant. I mean, uh, I nice start to hate the restaurant you work at. That's yeah. silly. <laughs> there's a lot of other restaurants you can work at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, just stick with it. It's, uh, it's about the guests. Make it about the guest experience first, for sure. Nice. I love that, man. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's a really great message. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, teachable moment for the guests now. Um, what what would something that that customers could do? Uh, yeah, same question. Same question, different outcome. So, uh, that's a that's a hard question for me to answer. Yeah. Um, because I am such a guest first kind of guy. I know not everybody's like this. Um, no, but if you're gluten-free vegan and you're allergic to water, I'm going to find something for you uh, because I don't want you to leave hungry, thirsty, or anything else. Um, I think patience, probably. Um, patience and awareness uh, would probably be the biggest thing that guests are lacking maybe a little bit these days. Um, you know, I've... You know, we know this and it's so easy for us to say that we can recognize a busy restaurant mm. when it's busy and, and we're maybe like, yeah, it's going to take 25, 30 minutes to get our entrees and we're okay with that. Um, not everybody is okay with spending the money for that second round of drinks yeah. and to, to buy that time. Um, so having some awareness uh, and some patience for, you know, on the guest side, I think. Yeah, and it's 25% people, not 20% anymore. <laughs> yeah, come on, <laughs> deal with the times. <laughs> I'm going to go to Italy next week. <laughs> I mean, right? I got a, uh, have you guys used Turo or heard of Turo? Yeah, yeah, the car, the car rental. Yeah, like, you know, it's like the Airbnb, but for cars. Yeah. I, well, I don't, I personally don't own a vehicle. Um, you know, living in big cities, you know, it's, it's makes more, sense. It's more, more efficient for you. I'm sure you don't have to park anywhere. It's pay for pay for parking. Or, yeah. yeah, taxes in New York and, and yeah. Illinois are not forgiving either. And uh, you guys don't have taxes up there in Washington. You guys are lucky. You don't we, have we pay taxes on stuff. 
Certain our, our liquor tax is 21.5%. And our pot tax is pretty shitty, too. <laughs> uh, but what is it? You don't have personal property tax or personal taxes? What no is income it? tax. No, yeah, there's no income tax. We pay sales tax out the ass, though. It's, not, it's like almost 10%. But, uh, God, now you got me distracted again. I forgot. <laughs> it's too big. Where were we going? Say it again. Sorry. Um, you're going to Italy? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, trying to tell guests like, hey, you know, how's your day going? What do you got going on in your life? And telling, oh, Turo. Turo. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I went back too far. No, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, so I rented a Turo the other day mm-hmm. um, to help run some errands. Uh, you know, fiance's at work and I'm trying to get everything ready for us to go on this trip. So I rented a Turo and I'm a little bougie as fuck. And I rented this pretty nice BMW because that's what I wanted to drive for the two days. And I, you know, as your, as your uh, responsibility as a driver, you have to get it washed and gassed up before you return it. Mm. So I'm at this, you know, car wash, you know, they put it through for you. And one of the wine reps from my restaurant is getting out of her car at the same time. And she kind of looks at me and then looks at me. <laughs> she's like, Hey, Troy, how's work? <laughs> and I'm it's really good. Well, I'm I'm washing the car to take it back to the owner. I'm headed to work myself. I'm just getting done running a bunch of errands, so my mind is very focused on you know business, day to day life, not on people's perceptions. And I'm like, yeah, it's September. It's kind of slow right now. Kids are going back to school. <laughs> And she kind of glanced back over and looks at me and she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, she's like, sorry to hear that. I was like, and then you know, I was like, I talked to you the other day. I was like, we're headed to Italy here. Mm-hmm. And she was like, <laughs> the fuck? And it took me a minute. It took, it took till the, after the conversation, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I was like, should I go explain this? No, I'm not. Like, no, it's, so it's I'm not, not my life really good. good. That this is my joke. That this is my car right now. Uh, you know. And so I invest my money wisely. <laughs> I invest my money. Yeah. Awesome. Off market. It's not a secret. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you had to tell a guest. Yeah, I'm headed to Italy. You know, fork over the money. Uh, yeah. You know, you kind of have to be careful. You know. Yeah. Just say you're going to Italy for your honeymoon, and they'll be like. Oh, congratulations! I'll tip you even more. Okay, you yeah, I'm waiting for your honeymoon. I'm waiting. I realized when I go, I was, like, I was just, you know, you talk about everything as a server. I have no filter at all, and I was like, getting married. I'm just like, yeah, I'm getting married this weekend. It's gonna be great. And that weekend, I made like, you know, five hundred dollars a night. It was insane. I was like, we should get married every weekend, <laughs> or just say this every weekend. But I couldn't follow through with the same enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm waiting to use the wedding card for sure. <laughs> Definitely anticipating using the wedding card at work. Yeah. 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 It's great. It, I mean, like, it's really great. I, mean, I wasn't even really in my head. I wasn't doing it to get extra money. I was just stoked. And then oh, afterwards yeah. I was like, Oh, it's oh. <laughs> great. I still haven't done that again. I should, I should like every year for my anniversary, I just say I'm getting married. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guest tell me uh, just this last weekend, uh, you know, cause we're not doing a religious wedding and, you know, weddings don't happen in churches much anymore. So, yeah. And so we we're talking about like a, you know, unity candle or sand or something. And the guest told me that they had bought a really nice bottle of wine and sealed it for five years. Mm. Um, and that, 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 that was their token 
uh, to each other. They each wrote letters uh, that they would open it five years later. And I was like, that's a pretty cool idea. Uh, that's fun. Gaining a few wedding ideas from a few guests. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the wine bottle thing. I like that one where you save a bottle for your five year, your 10 year, something like that. Yep. If you do that, put it on its side so the cork doesn't <laughs> you think dry it doesn't out. Melt? <laughs> no, I had this I had this, this this couple come in the other day and they're oh, like, hey, we want to get a bottle cork up. and we want to put like our, our, our picture on the face of the bottle we want to put it on the mantle and after five years we want to open it up and I'm like, uh, that's not a good idea. You know, it's like if you buy two cheap bottles and you do that, put like the cheap bottle on the mantle with your picture on it and then hold on to the other one on its side, then okay, cool. That's, you could do that. But if you're going to don't spend it's risky. 80, hundred to $130, cause that's what they were looking to do. They were, they were looking for like a nice Bordeaux that'll last long. And I'm like, do you have a refrigerator to put like a specific refrigerator to put this in? Do you, are you going to leave it on its side? And they're like, no, we're going to display it in the, living room and it's always hot and i'm like okay so you want vinegar in five years good okay that's like the guest that says uh yeah i don't need to get your dry aged steak i just put my steak in the refrigerator put some salt pepper leave it there for two days and that's dry aging it <laughs> have you ever had a dry aged steak sir that's called foodborne illnesses actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> If, you're, if oh. your house was a restaurant, I'm pretty sure the health department would shut you down. Oh, yes, yes. Your, your house will be shut down. Your kids will be taken away from you. Um, okay, so really quick, yeah. going back to something else um, that, um, that I was wondering earlier but never got a chance to. You have a lot of red wine in the background there. Yeah. been drinking Cayuse, which is a beautiful red Syrah. Yeah. Do you not like white? Um, no, I love white wine and uh, reason number whatever you want to put on it that I enjoyed my experience in Seattle. Um, I really got to dive into the Savion Blancs, the Rieslings, uh, Saves. Um, I love that Oregon and Washington both are trying to grow both French and Italian wines here in America, um, which is a really cool movement. Uh, I really do like white wine. I almost, I kind of got ran out of, uh, oh, it's a kind of a nice oyster bar there, there down on the pier. Uh, I think oyster bar is in their name. Uh, I had just moved to Seattle and I was drinking a bottle of white wine and they were, it was like three or four o'clock and they were in shift change and they kept, they dropped the check and kept checking it on me. Uh, you know what I mean? Coming back to see if I had dropped payment yet. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really good? Really good? Yeah, at one point, both my water glass and my wine glass were empty, and the server came over, and I just. <laughs> both of them, please. <laughs> both of these need to be refilled. Um, and I kind of look at them. So I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a kid from Kansas. Like I've never looked at the ocean or, you know, I, you know, ocean, whatever, Puget Sound. I've never had this view before. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like let me enjoy this for the three hours that I plan on sitting here. Uh, so white wine, I definitely, uh, yeah, that's, you know, white wine, rosé. I will de oh, 
dude, pinky up with some sparkling rosé. That's <laughs> 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 Really, it's and really, it took uh, no more vodka, no more gin, no more tequila, no more scotch, no more bourbon, uh, and kind of becoming more serious about restaurants. And uh, like I said earlier, like this is a lot of my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of times this can account for you know forty to sixty percent of my sales. Uh, you know, depending on who's buying wine that night and, and what kind of bottle, bottles are buying. Um, totally. uh, you know, there's a bottle, beautiful. Well, there's a, a guy making white wine there in Seattle. Um, the oh, name yeah. of the wine is Structure. <laughs> uh, structure? Yeah, Structure. Uh, I don't remember his name, but I worked with him. But uh, apparently he's making some really nice white wines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, white wines definitely have their place in the world. They're just, you know, they're just not buttery Chardonnays for the, you know, for the cougars. We call it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the cougar Chardonnay with an ice cube, please. <laughs> yeah, as soon as somebody says that for their cocktail, I, I think I'm going to have to reject them. Yeah. Oh. Chardonnay with an ice cube, I, maybe you're not invited back. <laughs> <laughs> We, my wife and I, we had some friends over the other night for game night, and one of one of the couples being our neighbors, and uh, I love our neighbors dearly. They're the, just the sweetest people. Um, but Linda, she always wants ice in her wine. It doesn't matter how cold. I mean, it God can literally have ice cubes. Like I like you could put it in the freezer and it could be half frozen, and she would still put ice in her wine. Well, and, she looks at me and I give her this, I, I bought this really, really nice bottle in the store that She's I work at, it's a nationwide store. And so we have like the top 20 wines. And so I picked up like number 12 or something. It's a really, really nice white wine. And I pour it for her and she's like, are you going to be offended if I put ice in there? And I'm like, I will, if you don't take a sip first, <laughs> like you have to try it. And then after that, I, it's your wine. You can do whatever you want with it. Well, it's like putting putting ketchup on your steak or a sauce on your steak before you eat your steak. I literally told Or even steak. seasoning your steak really before you eat your steak if you, if you have a, if you're, you know, out and you. Well, I was going to make a comparison of uh, the people that think it's a sin to put scotch on ice. Uh, mm. Like, I don't, I don't. Some people say a cube is okay, but that's as far as I've seen any, any real aficionado go as far as it to say is acceptable or just like a, a, a drop of water, like a, like a, a bar spoon of water. Where you just like kind of it allows it to open up just a just a touch, whatever. <laughs> I I think like there's there's certain standards and then there's also just what you enjoy, you know. And and we all have our own tastes, you know. You can you can learn to appreciate something, absolutely, as long as you're trying. I, well, I mean, like as long the, as you're out there trying the sauce, new things. But the sauce on steaks. I mean, I had a guy first of all when the restaurant someone wants to put ketchup on their tuna fillet. Um, you know, it was like this New York steak that was 56 or $58 or whatever. And it was a really, really nice cut of meat. And this guy was like, first of all, I want it well done. And I'm like, okay, I'll get your hockey puck for you. And his buddies started laughing at that. So I was like, all right, this is going to be a fun table. And so I bring the food out. Except for that guy. Well, yeah, except for that guy. <laughs> but his friends, but, his friends think it's great. Yeah. So they're all bitching and moaning because the food's coming out you know, it's taking too long. And I, I look at the guys and I'm like, don't complain to me. 
that's your buddy's fault right there. And I walk away. And so they're all giving him shit now. They're not complaining about me and the service or the food. Taking Hopefully that's not the guy paying for the tab. I don't think he was. Yes. Um, but then you don't want to bring the food out and the guy's like, do you have any, any sauce? And I was like, sir, there's a Denny's down the road if you want some ketchup. Mm-hmm. And I just deadpanned them, <laughs> and they all like, except for the guy. Like he was, he he was trying to hold himself back because he wanted to laugh, <laughs> because the other guys were you laughing. Say now, well, the other guys were laughing hysterically, <laughs> and so he's just like, "Fuck you!" But that was good. <laughs> mm, always, it's always a dangerous situation to make a joke when you don't know who's paying yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> but I'm even a, then, I'm, even I'm then, gambler. even then, they might be a fan of Don Rickles, and they might love being roasted because that happens too. Where I, you know, I I had a table where people got steaks, and like one lady is like medium rare, medium rare, well done, and I was like, all right. So I was reading it back. I'm like, I got chicken, steak, medium rare, steak, medium rare, and steak ruined. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then and we all laughed, and they went back and they got their tab, and you know, I was like a 25 percent tab. Too just, but I think she paid. Well, she well just loves. Mistake. She just loved being fucked with people. <laughs> <laughs> Had a group of uh, some older people in Chicago, and you know, you spend a lot of time going through a menu with a guest, whether it be the food menu, the wine menu, whatever, and you highlight all of the highlights of the restaurant, and then someone says something stupid, or you know, they order something very bland you know it's a damper and so i'm taking care of these people and i go through my whole menu presentation and uh come back to take the order and i go around and the first lady order and i make a comment i'm like oh best thing on the menu second person they order oh you're dining like a king tonight get to the third person they say you know they order and i say whatever oh perfect you're gonna love it get to the third person they ordered like chicken piccata <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just wrote it down. And a couple of the guys at the table were like, You didn't say anything to that. And I was like, I'm sorry, my dignity is not for sale tonight. And I just walked. Away. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Hashtag my dignity is not for sale. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that was brilliant. <laughs> You know, but see, that's 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 also the the what the 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 server versus food. We were talking earlier how like every all the highlights on the food, everything about the food. But how many times do you go to a restaurant and the food's amazing and the service sucks and you never go back? And how many times do you go and the food's all right, but the service is amazing and you just make it a regular spot? I think I personally, personally, if I speak for Kate and I. If the food is good, we will go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will definitely overlook bad service for really, really good food. Um, for how long, though? Or like to what extent? Um, yeah. What's well, your really good question? Uh, I don't know that I have an answer, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, there's a restaurant, I'm definitely not going to name it, that we go to on a regular basis because food is dope. I got to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, the food is consistently good. Uh, but we definitely get frustrated with the service. Now, do we get frustrated with the service because we're former fine dining cert or we are or current? A it definitely bit. weighs, you know, gives yeah. you some sort of opinion, yeah. right? Uh, but uh, we definitely go back for the food. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to, you know. That's pretty rare though, right? I mean, or, or would you yeah, say that's, it, it, I mean, it, there's, 
you don't find places that are that great where you would sacrifice like being treated less than just so you could eat good. One is definitely generally you know, uh, conducive of the other. Uh, if the service is shady, the food's probably going to be shady. If the service is outstanding, the food's probably going to be outstanding. Yeah, that's true. You typically have people that want to succeed in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like following different server blogs or whatever on Instagram, you know, for me, it's hard to find the right niche because a lot of it is geared towards the servers who's just snarkiness is only like 20 to $40 per person. I'm working at a rate of 80 to a hundred per person. Sure. My mentality is a little bit different than that person working a different price point. You know what I mean? So my frustrations come out, you know, I can almost sit here and say there's no such thing as a bad guess as long as they're tipping 20%. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, but how how much is your dignity worth, though? You can't greet your, you know, you can't be in the weeds if you don't greet your tables. <laughs> I always <laughs> heard that as you can't get in the weeds if you don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> but I mean, that that's also, I mean, you give a fuck, but you don't give a fuck. I don't know. That's hard. That's hard to explain. Well, the, you know, that's why I say like my mentality isn't necessarily always in line with everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I work at a different, you know, I definitely depend on the guests that can eat there four nights a week or yeah. you know, six nights a month versus the guest that's coming in there for their specific anniversary celebration. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's de- definitely different levels of the service industry as we, even as we complain about it and celebrate it, uh, yeah. definitely champion different reasons at different levels. Uh, you know, sometimes a good night is not having to flip the sauce table, right? Uh, that's a good night. You know, not yeah. flip, and, flip and reset the sauce table. Like, ah, all I had to do was roll silver and I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw one of those silly memes the other day that had the same. It was, uh, it was like me on a, on a, me hoping it's going to be busy versus me hoping it's going to be dead. And it was, it was like a Coke and a Pepsi. It was just the same face. It was just somebody being like, like, hope it's going to be busy, hope it's going to be dead. You know, yeah. just have the kind of the same mentality of like... I, I saw one where it was like a Coke and a Pepsi uh, button at a, at a drinking fountain, like a soda fountain. And it's like you're putting the cup underneath and you're getting both of them. <laughs> it's like, Coke I don't want it Pepsi. to be busy. And yet I want money. <laughs> <laughs> but even, I don't know, the busy... Uh, yeah, I like it when it's busy. <laughs> Time goes by fast. Yeah. I think probably where... I thrive the most is being on the edge of being in the weeds or whatever you want to call it. Right up to the edge uh, there, right? Right up to the edge. That's yeah. probably where I give my best service. It's like surfing. You're just kind of on the crest of the yep. wave crashing, you know, you just, and you just kind of ride that all the way through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably. Being, sometimes being slow is where I make my most mistakes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time I feel like that happens just because you have more time to think about it. Like, Hey, we'll have the guac to start. And I'm like, okay. And you just I walk, walk away, never ring it in. Yeah. And I walk away from the table thinking about, you know what I mean? What I'm going to do when I get home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go back to the table, get their dinner order, put that in. Hey, where's our, where's our app? We never got our appetizer. 
Oh, oh, you mean the kitchen never brought that out? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the kitchen. Oh, I've definitely been in that situation where it's like it's been so slow. I'm just engaged in my own personal world and conversations with staff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to ring in. <laughs> I, uh, I admit that I am a notorious. Uh, I will not bring you your coffee. You ask coffee for me is like such a low priority to, to the guests. Um, you know, when I'm prioritizing a <laughs> dollar bottle of wine versus your 425 coffee, yeah, it comes in last, but I'm really good at bringing everything in. So <laughs> hopefully guests, someone brings it to you. Get their check. Like we never got our coffee. I'm like, hmm, that's really consistent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the bartender got a ticket. So I blame them for not making it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny yeah, show that checks out we don't have a barista at the restaurant that i'm at i've worked at a few rest yeah. few up upscale restaurants that have their own barista and you know mm -hmm. that may even be willing to run that out for you um you know this brings up another thing tip out um you know um i work at a restaurant we tip out probably about 35 to 40 percent of our money every night mm -hmm. i have an essay i have a food runner you know, we've got bartenders, hosts, you know, uh, polisher, the whole, the whole deal backing us up. Uh, and a lot of, you know, a lot of these younger servers get really upset about, about having to tip people out. Um, I've never personally bartended. You said you had bartended. Mm. Um, you kind of. Pretty much you know, exclusively these days. You kind of know that the work that you have to put in for the server, um, that you never see the you know, without the tip out, you never see the money for. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, take, it definitely takes away from my service. Yeah. If, if I were to just wait on my guests and make their drinks, it would be a completely different experience than if I was, if I wasn't making the drinks for another 400 people tonight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was something I learned in management was I had servers complaining to me about the large tip out for the food runner. And I'm like, all right, let go of the food runner. You guys run your own food. Let's yeah, see run you. your own food. <laughs> yeah, run your own food. Let's see you do it. This place is two stories. Let's see you run up and down. Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. food. Like you're not going to do it. And then it's also like, who are you as the server to determine someone else's living wage? Right. You realize if you shortcut the server $2 every time, like that's a few hundred dollars over the course of the year. Like that's not cool. Um, you know, and they're not going to give you as good of service. Absolutely. You know, a server may see your ticket or a bar, excuse me, a bartender may see your ticket and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Peter. Mm, to the back. Yep. Uh, Why do I got to be at the back? Because <laughs> you don't tip out proper. You got to tip out better, dick. Give me a 20 instead of a 10 next time. <laughs> you know, it's a big thing. You know, I probably rail on it a lot. It's not about the tips. It's not about the money. It's about the guests. It's about the respect. It's about, I mean, it's about the guests, but it's about the amount of respect that's shown to a lot of the times. Like, I mean, yeah, I want to always say that it's about money, but like there's so many times where I'll get, I'll get a 15% tip. It's not, you know, that's fine. You know, you can't get mad about 15% because it's not the worst. It's not the best, but it's all, but you, then you had like a great conversation with the person. Even you had a great conversation with the person, they leave you 10% tip or five or like 5% tip. Sometimes I still go away feeling a little fulfilled just because I had a good human interaction. And then I try not, you know, like you were saying earlier, you just try not to let the tip be the, the end all of the experience. 
you know, it's just one of the side effects of it. Or, you know, like I've said before on this, on this show that to, to, I try not to look at my tips until the end of the night. I just throw them all in a jar, you know, just, just stack them into a cup or into a server book or whatever you have. Just every time you get a receipt, try not to look at it and just put it in your pocket, stay in the same mood you're in, you know, just keep flowing with, you know, with your good vibes and, you know, whatever is making you the best money, try to find that personality and stick. That's in what it. I like about the computer system in my, my current job. And it's the first, the first restaurant that I could think of in quite a while that I've worked at, that I cannot look at my current sales throughout the course of the shit. Mm. Usually on like your Aloha and your, yeah. Your, uh, <laughs> you look at your sales. And check it, like, check oh, it after every guest. What am I at now? <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of times I get my check out. And I'm like, shit, I sold 2,300 tonight. That's incredible. Mm. And so then I look down and I see the tips and I'm like, whoa. This is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I like this. Um, so I don't, you know, don't focus on that. So I like, I like having that kind of anonymity. Is that, mm -hmm. that the, uh, you know, anonymity of my sales? Yeah. Sure. Um, just saying about that, that little, uh, a little oblivious to it, I guess. Or yeah. Instead of being just, just, try, just try to keep it on the back burner until, until later. I had a, uh, a uh, late so group of ladies here recently. I think it was a birthday. In our restaurant, we charge a cake cutting fee. If you want to bring your cake in, we're going to charge you $5 a person to cut your cake. Sure, because wow. you sell desserts, right? We sell desserts. Yeah, so if you're going to bring your own dessert, we're going to yeah, charge. We're taking time away from, you know, mm -hmm. our usual, you know, the you know the chefs or, you know, the pantry mm -hmm. coach control routine, you know. Same as if you bring your own bottle of wine. There's a corkage fee. You no know. Uh, and so... I get this and they bring in their own cake and I get their little print out and it doesn't say anything about a cake. So I very calmly say, I was like, ma'am, I didn't see anywhere on your reservation notes that you're bringing a cake. Are you aware of our cake cutting fee? She said, no. So I explained it to her and I'm pretty calm about the whole situation. She goes, I don't understand this. What's it for? <laughs> I was like, well, we do sell our own desserts and you're also, you know, pulling our pantry away from the rest of the restaurant to focus on this one thing. It's, you know, we don't cut a cake every day here. Yeah. It's not, it's not a free service. And so I walked away and I came back and she goes, me and the girls. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Definitely wasn't you alone. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't feel comfortable. Like we really don't understand what it's for. What's it for your dishwasher? And I said, let me go get my boss. That's disrespectful. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's come on now. And my boss, I my boss, uh, I I look at her as Xena Warrior Princess, and she's maybe she might not even be five foot tall. Uh, <laughs> but we just, you know, we know as a group of guys that work there that she's made of, you know, made of steel. Um, and she walks up and uh, you know, explains to this lady, and we end up waving it. But in the back of my mind, I wanted to go grab my dishwasher. His name's Sal. Uh, you know, a uh, Mexican guy. He used to be a police officer in Mexico, and he decided to come up here to try to do a better life for himself. And I wanted to go and grab him so badly and introduce him to this lady and be like, this is Sal. This is the dishwasher that you thought that that money was going for. It's not going towards him, but I just wanted you to meet him. Just to know the person that you thought it was going for. Yeah. Really yeah. cool guy. You don't think he deserves like, any extra money for the night? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you know, you know, yeah, he's going to be grabbing the fork that goes in your mouth. 
mm-hmm. yeah. uh, later on. Like, you know, just, you know, that's another thing. But, I, but that's the tip thing. That's, do you want it to be on the bill or do you want it or do you want to leave it up to the guest? Right. I mean, and, I, that, and that's the, I mean, that's the argument Really. is too small but then also being happy when it's huge so just trusting that you can get and i think as i always say that the tip pool only ever benefits the uh the shittiest of workers yes because they're because they're getting a raise because essentially they're getting a raise because they typically get shitty tips because they're horrible yeah. whereas the, the people on the higher end eh, uh, that you know do most of the earning you know I'm, I'm taking a pay cut and so it doesn't benefit me so if you're a, if you're a huge fan of the, of the tip pool in the industry I've always kind of been well, a little like, a little wary just to be well, like what what kind of work are you trying it, to get away when we worked in a tip pool where you yeah. just see people sit around and milk the it clock promotes, the time. it promotes laziness and mm-hmm. people just take advantage of that because you have people like us that will bust our ass and make sure that we get those three four hundred dollar nights and then those other people who get like a 20 to 75 dollar night they're still making just as much money in tips as i am which is you know from the tip pool i mean which is bullshit yeah that's so you worked in the restaurant industry long enough you know you start and you manage a place or two um, especially if you work behind the bar you know the profit margins Mm -hmm. um I'm sorry, restaurant owners, like, like the game is up. Like we realize how much money you're making. Um, you know, I know you can kind of walk into a restaurant and know a five to 10 to $15 million restaurant when you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had to break it down. to How something. many of these like celebrity chefs have been busted for like stealing their servers tips, getting sued. Right. Yeah for for tip for quote unquote tip pools but basically they're just they're just taking the server's wages and redistributing them as everyone else's wages no, I, know it's, uh, I think when i left seattle i was getting excuse me i was getting I 11 or 12 dollars an hour plus tips here in denver i'm getting i think 11 plus tips and we're on a push towards 15 i know seattle right we're i think we're at almost to 16 now for our minimum um it's 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 too high. <laughs> it's like I mean, yeah, it, it's I mean, it's too high for. I, I don't I don't want to complain. There's still states like Kansas and Oklahoma and you know North Carolina where servers are still making two thirteen an hour. Yeah. Um, and and the, ridiculous. So then, so then I immediately feel like an asshole for complaining about anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I mean. So but also, like, the cost of living in Seattle is, I think, third or fourth highest in the country. So we right. also, we're, 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 we may be making a lot of money, but it costs a lot of money to make that money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you know, but that's you know, again, you know, moving from Kansas to New York to Chicago to mm-hmm. to Seattle, you know, it's uh, you know, even going back to Kansas, sometimes it's hard to relate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You go back. Uh, this is a cool story. Uh, under bad circumstances, my girlfriend's, uh, my fiance's dad was passing away uh, around uh, Halloween one year. And so we flew out real last minute to North Carolina uh, so she could pay, you know, her respects. And it was really a couch to airport in about four hours. Um, And I'm one of those, you know, like I told you, I planned my wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a year away and it's already done. So I'm very much a planner. Um, and so it was a chaotic moment. Well, I took that opportunity to play a little social experiment and I threw and ate a bud in the container with all of the labeling and everything from the dispensary in my bag because I knew going through TSA one, it's Denver, they don't give a shit. Yeah. And then two, I could, if they did alarm on it, I could be like, hey, I booked this Worst case on the like I didn't realize it was in there. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll run out there and I'll throw it away. You guys can dispose mm -hmm. of it. I don't care. Well, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I made it to all the way to North Carolina with it. Mm -hmm. The last night we were there, it was Halloween night, and Kate and I decided to go to a really nice, really nice restaurant. Um, it was supposed to be the nicest restaurant in town. Um, and we brought our own bo bottle of Brunello, we spent some good money at a liquor store. And this lady, she tries to put her uh, corkscrew straight through the foil. Oh. Oh, <laughs> stop 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 and I, yeah and so like, i had to open the bottle of wine for her and i was like this is gonna you know <laughs> so kate, kate still doesn't know that, so kate still doesn't know that i have an eighth of weed on me <laughs> and i <laughs> uh, you know you don't want someone else to be nervous because then they're, they're the ones yeah. that get to yeah uh, reacting to everything <laughs> And and so I we pay and the waitress brings back our, our card for us to sign and I just very calmly asked her and we had kind of made friendship with her and told her we were from out of town and whatnot. Uh and I said, Hey, I said, Who's the who's the pot smoking waiter here? And she goes, Oh, all the guys. And mm -hmm. I said, Well, go get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes and brings this guy over. Uh I believe his name was Tyler. <laughs> There's always a pot smoking waiter. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, such a safe question. <laughs> yeah, and I asked, I, I basically explained to him the same thing that I told you guys like, hey, you know, from Denver, I just wanted to see if I could do this. And here we are. And I said, what I don't want to do is try to go through a North Carolina. Yeah, don't go back. back with it at all. Yeah, it's like, I, don't, I said, so happy Halloween. Here you go. Oh my God. <laughs> If Joey and if Joey and Peter would have been here, they'd be flipping their minds. Oh, they're gonna be so jealous. I'm telling them this. Oh, you made my night. And I'm sure for him, you know, Halloween night is too yeah. much. Have a night off. Oh man. man! And here he's gonna come home with mm -hmm. the eighth of Colorado. <laughs> nice little chill. Uh, you know, take <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, take care. Take care of your take care of your bartenders and servers out there. Hell yeah! I love that. That's so good. We will accept weed as as to every time. Like I said, most of my cash tips go to weed. So I mean, if you just want to give me weed directly, you're actually saving me the taxes. So in the service industry, weed is legal tender. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few times that I definitely here in Denver. I've taken and even uh, it's definitely been more here in Denver. Seattle's not a hey, let's go to Seattle and just smoke weed. Yeah, it should no. be. I mean, Seattle smells like weed. I feel it's just yeah. like anywhere in Downtown. every town, every corner in Seattle smells like weed, and most well, of them are because of me. You're welcome. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to. I want to. I want to make a joke, but I don't want to be mean. Uh, Carry on. Be mean. Be mean. Roast me. I, well, when I, you know, when I think Den, you know, like Denver, smoke weed. Mm -hmm. uh, Seattle, shoot heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's 
it's painful because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rain that really turns the weed into heroin, I think. You know, it's just that drizzle. Well, it, I definitely waited on a few rookie weed smokers, or they've definitely ingested an oh, album more than they should have. Uh, Every Friday night, man. That's an interesting dynamic when they're just a little too stoned to function you're like man i'm probably higher than you mm-hmm. i'm on the clock bro yeah I'm i work the clock bro dude i work at a <laughs> I, I work at a restaurant that sells nachos <laughs> <laughs> but they're we're be, just you might fair, as well a really good nachos you might as well send a bad signal into the sky for stoners it's like just come here and eat our food they're really good nachos. they're the best nachos i think on this half of the continent uh, you'll have to you'll have to shoot me where it is because uh, I yeah. still make it up to Seattle uh, to see my to see Grace and dude. If you're coming up here, yeah, you have to connect with us. Like yeah. for sure. yeah, we'll have to actually have you <laughs> physically here to record a show. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would absolutely. We'll hang out, and get drinks, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. totally. Seattle's uh, like I said for anybody that's listening that's not even from Seattle. Um, you know, there's again being having lived on both sides of the country. There's people that live in Alabama or, or Virginia or wherever that have no appreciation for the Pacific Northwest. And the same is same vice versa. There are people that sure. live in California and Oregon or wherever that have no appreciation of the Northeast, mm. uh, of the Appalachian Mountains, or even what the Southeast has to offer. Um, you know, so, you know, if you're not from Seattle, man, get up there. It's like I said, man, when, you know, depending on your belief, when God made this country and he made summertime, he made it in Seattle. Dude, uh, Seattle is the best summer you can spend anywhere. It I might think, not be yeah. very long, but damn, it's beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous, man. And that color green, I, I say this to so many people, the color green in Seattle is a color that, unless maybe Ireland is the only other place that you'll see a color like this. It's so vibrant. Similar climate. <laughs> and, you know, uh, never seen it anywhere you get why they call it the emerald city and i don't mm-hmm. know that many people even know that it's called the emerald city but we're where the we're, we are where the leprechauns live <laughs> yeah i'm from kansas uh <laughs> we we had a tornado and a bunch of leprechauns showed up <laughs> <laughs> so her house went from kansas to seattle yeah i mean that's a tornado did that was one hell of a tornado man <laughs> the emerald city is i'll believe it and you know, I I tell people even the winter, even that rain season, like being from the Midwest, mm-hmm. I know what rain is. Like I know a thunder what a thunderstorm is. I know what a downpour is. Like it's a, it's like a I call it a steady sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah, that's none of it's like really overwhelming. It's just can, constant. Yeah, it's been you know? raining all day here today, mm-hmm. but it's been like a drizzle all day. You have to get really like low tinted sunglasses to wear year round because it's always just kind of too bright but it's never bright enough to need like mirrored lenses i feel like well i found i found you know like coming getting out of work in the summertime. uh coming off of work at night like i never really found a need for an umbrella or a poncho or whatever to get to the wow. train station or the bus like it's a very walkable rain mm-hmm. uh, yeah I say get like a nice thick hoodie or just a, a thin shell raincoat is what i tell people to move here you can always tell the tourists in Seattle because they're holding umbrellas. Like that's, it's just somebody who's like, who, who just doesn't know how, how our rain is. It's not like they just hear rain and they think umbrella, but it's, it's just the whole, all the air is just wet. Like, yeah. It's, sometimes it's just, it's just, it's just kind of the air. 
You just walk through wetness. <laughs> it's just not falling. It's just, it's just there. It's just there. And so if you have the raincoat on, it just it just beads off you. But if you have the umbrella, it only keeps it from falling down. So it's not, you know. That's a beautiful thing about Denver is we sit at 50, 5280, uh, mm -hmm. 5,280 feet, which is a mile. Uh, and it's very dry. Um, it's a very dry climate here almost year round when it does snow in the winter. A lot of misconceptions of Denver, man. I think people think that one, Denver is in the mountains. It's not. Denver mm -hmm. is in the high desert at the best. The, um, the mountains are close by. We can see them. Mm -hmm. uh, people think that Denver is a snowy winter wonderland. It's not. When it snows, it's gone in two days because when it snows, it's usually 50 degrees within the next 48 hours. <laughs> Uh, but that's just how. Uh oh, there's a battery low. Yeah. Uh, that was actually my shoe. I just I just turned it weird. Apologies. Uh, I'm wearing sneakers today. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> there's no humidity here almost year round. Uh, for you know, being a guy. Oh, watch yourself. Uh, for being a guy that's on his feet, it's good on my joints to not have that humidity. You know, mm -hmm. fluid doesn't build up in my knees as much anymore. Uh, my body feels a little bit looser. Uh, yeah, people think people come to Denver and they just think that uh, it's all about it's all about boarding and skiing. And it's like no, no. There's like Denver's a very flat piece of land. Like Seattle's more in the mountains than Denver. <laughs> like I don't think you can drive to Den to Seattle without going through the mountains. You can drive to Denver without going through mountains. Yeah, we're surrounded by mountains. Yeah. Like How long did it take you to acclimate to Denver, to the um, the elevation? Um, it it didn't bother me at all. Um, I think probably the only thing that I found, and it was it was a perception thing. I forgot that Denver's at a mile high. Uh, Mount Rainier is about the same distance from Seattle that Pikes Peak is from uh, Denver, and okay. they both. They're both within about 500 feet in height. And Mount Rainier, when you look at that from Seattle, it's massive. Yeah. It's a massive mountain, massive mountain, mountain. Gorgeous mountain. And then you look at Pikes Peak from Denver, and you're like, that's a 14,000-foot 14, mountain. No, it's not. Like that's, But you're a mile higher. You're yeah. at sea level in Seattle. And so that was a weird perception difference. Yeah. Uh, altitude doesn't. No, no, it didn't bot. No, it didn't. Bot. I, I went to Denver uh, once uh, years and years and years ago. And um, this is with my ex-wife and I got to, I went to a family reunion with her and it was just outside of Denver and it was just, I had so much fun, but it took me like the entire time to acclimate. I just had such a horrible time breathing and everybody was like, hey, let's go run around and do stuff. And I'm like, can't breathe. <laughs> you know, uh, people, hey, when we come to Denver, what should we do? Well, you got to go out into the mountains. Like, you know, it's like I said, when people think Denver, they think mountains. Um, and then people get into the city of Denver and they're like, what do we do here? I'm like, well, we can go out to eat. We can hang out. I'm like, I guess what you're expecting is mountains. You know what I mean? There's a whole movie about things to do there when you're dead. It's really flat. And then, and then you hit the mountains. Yeah. I took uh, a buddy from Chicago. He came, he flew out here and I took him up onto the Guanella pass that I mentioned to you guys. 
Um, and he's a kid from the city, you know what I mean? From, yeah. He's a Chicago boy. And we were sitting by that waterfall and he was like, I've never heard nature like this. And that was shocking mm. to me. Like, how have you not heard nature before? But you don't think about people being from, you know, a, a concrete city like Chicago or any place like that. Uh, Isn't it crazy to think about how we perceive life? Like you can see pictures of nature and it's just beautiful and just be awestruck by the beauty of a picture. But then you go, I was talking to someone the other day that um, went, w- uh, went down to Hawaii and went to a volcano and had the, the lava flowing. And he was talking about like, it's beautiful to see, but the sound is, it, it's, it's so lava. There's like the, like that, like the movement of it, which is kind of cool. But then the other sound he was explaining is um, it's the lava hitting the air, turning to glass and breaking. So it's a constant sound of glass breaking. And you think about like, like as, as a bartender, I don't know, like I love the sound of glass breaking. It's, it's very <laughs> serene to me. Like, you know, Stone Cold was my favorite wrestler just because of his intro. Yeah, you know, and 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 but but then there's like something like primitive in our brains that finds like a soothing, like like finds a connection to that sound of like you know lava moving. So to go and experience like lava cracking as it hits the air and like you kind of feel like the electricity in the air from the heat of the mountain and all that. And like I don't know, just to go experience nature versus like just looking at it is it's just so much more intense. Yeah, I, yeah. Hey, you know, sound <laughs> an existential moment there. Yeah, no, I, I just and just hearing like you're on a mountain and you just like hear the mountain instead of just seeing the mountain, like it, just experiencing it with all your senses instead of just one of them, it, it makes it so much more real. You know, you know your senses do kind of get destroyed in a restaurant. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> you, can, you can tune out music a mm-hmm. little bit better than the average person because you're not, you know, listening to the overhead speakers. You know, your sense of smell is naturally stronger than your sense of taste. So if you smelled it, you've tasted it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you work in a restaurant for long enough, well, kind of all the food starts to taste the same because you're constantly breathing everything. And so... Oh, dude, that's really crazy. Your your taste buds are kind of like confused with the smell and the taste. And so it's like... Why does this blueberry pie taste like a lasagna? Yeah, it used to taste <laughs> it used to taste so good, but now it just tastes like you know, it just all kind of tastes the same. Uh, I I worked at a uh, Latin restaurant for a while. And there was a person that came in that was allergic to cilantro, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, they just don't like cilantro. They're not allergic. Nobody's and allergic. They, and they no, they had to sit out on the patio because like then so just cool. breathing it was overwhelming to them. Wow. Uh, probably autistic. Like you know, so I sit, you know. Like I said, you get done with a busy night in the middle of December and you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to listen to a sound. You just almost want to sit with a straight jacket on in a padded room. Uh, it almost it almost feels like it gets to that point, um, you know, where you just be isolated. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever watched a movie called It's All Gone, Pete Tong? Oh. The look on your guys' faces is just. I was thinking of isolation chambers. No, uh, it's all gone, Pete Tom. No, between I, I guess just between me and you guys. I don't know. Your guests can listen to it or watch it too. It's a, it's a mockumentary um, about a DJ named Frankie Wild. Write this down. It's all gone, Pete Tong. Where's my phone? Uh, it's a great freaking film. Um, 
but he he tries to come over his come o- overcome his addiction by uh putting himself in a padded room and uh take you know putting uh gauze around his ears so he couldn't hear anything <laughs> uh, deprivation yeah it's a re- it's a really good movie i i know you guys would like it oh check it out um, yeah you know your senses kind of get destroyed uh yeah. you know um uh, you know, what's a hot plate to us anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nothing. I've met, I've met some of calluses, man. It's yeah, just like some rivers that could put out forest fires with their hands. <laughs> just pat them out. <laughs> I, got I got it, you guys. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I definitely can't do that anymore. But when, um, when I first started dating my wife, I was coming out of the service industry. I, but I still had the calluses on my hands. So, you know, we would make these dishes and the, you know, I, w- I would put the plates in the oven to warm them up. You know, that's, the oven has to be at what, like 180 degrees to even turn on. Right. And so these are like 180 degree plates and I'm like reaching and grabbing them with my hands and she's like freaking out. I'm like, what? It's just a little warm. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't do that now. Like I couldn't do that to save my life right now, but. Yeah. Going back to our senses, our senses really, you know, mm-hmm. well, one, you know, going to this stuff, I mean, I mean, do, you know, how many people smell the plums or, you know, you have to learn how to smell them really. Don't you really do have to learn how to, you know what I mean? Well, uh, I can tell you what things smell like a lot of times. You can't just like smell something and be like, oh, you haven't smelled a plum before. It's hard to like know what plums smell like if they're you get, if you get like fresh plums and get them in your face and you're like oh fuck so i i was wondering if i was wondering if you guys was were gonna ask if i was a sommelier which i am not <laughs> um but i've been around a small a lot of Wait, small days are you a sommelier no no a very definitive answer no no but i've been around a bunch and they really do they will buy every strain of apple they will buy all the different fruits and they will just sit, cut it in half and just sit there. And mm-hmm. Just to, just to train their senses, to get their nose on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's intense. Like, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, like, it's just, it's just training another part of your body to be yeah. good at something. You know, it's like going to the gym and working out. They like get smelling different things. So you're training your nose and your nose muscles are getting strong for, you know, for lack of a better metaphor, I guess. You know, as much as I could talk about wine, I could probably have a long conversation about beef. Like, mm-hmm. do people know the difference between grass grain and corn fed beef? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. people know the difference between select choice and prime? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, that was something that I learned here in Denver. There's a restaurant in Portland uh, called Urban Farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys are ever down in Portland and you want the best steakhouse experience of your life, I highly recommend it. Um, they specialize in presenting to you a flight of beef, <laughs> which every man should yeah. go running straight towards. I and they give like you a three ounce cut of grass grain, corn, and agu beef. And it is a freaking experience, man. Mm-hmm. Um, to see the subtle differences in textures and flavors. Uh, yeah, I bet. I bet just to, to get like a bite of like a bunch of different things and you can. Oh, yeah. That'd be beautiful. How educational is that too? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah. I'm down there now. Let's let's do a, let's do a podcast trip down to yeah, Portland. Yeah, we should. Mm-hmm. Go eat some steak. I I heard a lot of people say, and I've heard people from Seattle get upset about this that Portland is a better city than Seattle, and mm-hmm. they say it because food scenes better, music scenes better, art scene is better, cost of living is better, transportation like is better, infrastructure is better. The only people that say that are the people that live in Portland. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, worse. <laughs> no, I think, I think Portland is to Seattle what Seattle is to San Francisco and Austin. You know, it's just, it's just a younger liberal arts city, you know, that, that, that is coming up and we're close and, you know, so there, there can be a rivalry and it's fine because we're humans and we like to have something to compete with. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, Portland's great. It's got a bunch of cool things that you can see that were derived off of Seattle and our art scene that, that started before they did. Um, and, and everything that they're doing in their own rights. And it is, it's awesome. You know, they had a TV show and they're, they're cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of Portland for everything that they, that, that, you know, everything that's come out of there, but it's also, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's just an offshoot of, of, you know, because our culture is growing, you know, it's not something we should be negative towards. It's something we should support, you know, it's just another city where you can go and have good food and be safe and listen to music. And, you know, <laughs> I love Portland. It's a great place to go. Right. Yeah. I know. I have nothing really too negative to say about him other than, other than, other than whenever they try to talk shit about Seattle, I always just kind of laugh because I'm like, you know, it's just, it's just like, it's just, it's just like a younger, younger sibling mentality. And that's all I ever hear. It's just like, you know, like, yeah, that's cute. Whatever, dude. Like, keep trying. <laughs> in the meantime, keep making great food, great drinks. Like, I've had some of the best food and drinks in my life down in Oregon. So, I'm all for either Kevin Durant or Kevin Durant or Detlef Shrimp. To bring back the Sonics. Man, I don't even want to start talking about basketball. That's such a bummer. <laughs> we, we, had, we, had, we had a billionaire on our side who spent more money than anyone's ever spent on a basketball team, and he couldn't bring a team back to Seattle. So, I mean, we got hockey coming, I guess, and so we got to be excited about that. Yeah, Which cool. I'm excited about hockey. It's fun. It's know. weird to lose basketball and get hockey. It just seems, <laughs> it just seems like – it just seems like a weird cultural thing. I'm about it. I, you know, I know hopefully hockey leads to basketball again because that's like the same arena and that was kind of the initial thought when they were building – when they were trying to bring the basketball team back, the hockey team was tied into it. So we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. You know, being from Kansas City and having – you know, being uh, around Arrowhead and being – going to many, many, many games at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of – being around that culture in Seattle um, of let's just be loud. Who holds the record right now? I know it's, I know it's between us and Can- uh, it was between Seattle and Kansas city. We went back and forth a couple of times. Yeah. But I also know that I know Arrowhead seats like a good 20,000 more people than, than CenturyLink. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's I think we should. 80, I'll, I'll tell you a little, uh, a little fact about Arrowhead stadium. So most NFL stadiums sit above ground. Mm-hmm. Arrowhead Stadium very much sits inside the ground. Oh, okay, so let's go a little more of that echo chamber thing too going on. Exactly. What they figured yeah. out, that sound rises only so far. Mm-hmm. And so they built the stadium down into the ground. Smart. And so really the upper deck is all you see when, like, 
you know, Monday night football, Sunday night football, whatever, and they're showing you from the blimp, you're, you know, or from the ground level, you're really only seeing the upper deck. And mm-hmm. so much of that field is down into the ground. And so sound just, it just sits on top of the field. Seattle, it's built so it shoots down. It, yeah. It's I've like, sat in the nosebleed and I've sat at field level and I sat at field level hungover. <laughs> and that was one of my worst hangovers I've ever had because I was like third row. And all the sounds, that was the year we set the record. That was the same year we set the record for for decibels the first time we set it. And it was, it was just the craziest, loudest thing I've ever experienced. So I had to like go out into the, into like the, the concession area just like for a break. Cause I was like nauseous. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can speak for Kansas. I can speak for Kansas city a little bit. Like, they're just a bunch of loud Midwestern drunk <laughs> Like they just got nothing better to do than wear red and yell. Yeah. I wonder where that same passion in Seattle comes from. Like you guys just aren't like a bunch of idiots up there. Like I think Seattle a big as a very educated and very a, healthy city. Like where does yeah, this? I think a big part of that comes from being so disconnected from the rest of the world and feeling. We we have in Seattle here the feeling that we're kind of overlooked. Yeah. I mean, for good reason. We haven't been great at a lot of things sports-wise for a long time, but we get a good relevant team that's like, you know, and we still feel like they're they're kind of underdogs. Like the whole time, I mean, won the Super Bowl, and the next year they're still underdogs. They go to the Super Bowl. They should have won it with a bad call, you know, whatever, you know, bad play call. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're still kind of like a – an underdog thought here. And so that might be a little bit of the fuel behind the noise is just people yeah. like wanting to be noticed. <laughs> no, no, I like Look that. at us. We're up here. It's not new England. It's, well, it's like I said, you move, you know, you move to Seattle from anywhere else in the country. You, know, you do kind of feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a I mean, bit. you're far, you're, you're on this side of the mountains of the, of the, of the Rocky mountain range or on this side of the cascade mountain range, even so I'm, even, even our state is divided by a mountain range. Um, you know, so Western, Washington, is. so Western Washington is very, very different than Eastern Washington. I mean, on every aspect, um, uh, where's, uh, culturally and politically. Where's Washington State? Hmm? Where's Washington? So Washington U is mm-hmm. in, in Seattle or just north of Seattle. Where's Washington State University? The Cougars. What city? It's on the far east side of the state. Yeah, yeah, the Cougars are on Easter, like almost to Idaho. Yeah, they're like maybe a 10 minute, 15 minute drive away from Idaho. Okay. Yeah. And that's actually been the biggest, that's one, one reason for the rivalry is, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the liberal city versus the, 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 Easter, the east side country, you know, more conservative. conservative. Isn't Gonzaga also in? Um, Gonzaga, Gonzaga's in Spokane, which is which is right up on the border, also. So uh, Wazoo is in um, it's in um, Pullman. Pullman. I, was, I wanted to say Purdue because of earlier. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Here we are at the end of part two. <laughs> we we we're drunker than shit we've had our <laughs> drinks farther along even more so 16 bottles of wine in i think it's last call again here's your wine it's time to, to wine.
one. <laughs> and now as you're, we've already talked. Do you want to talk about any other things that are important to you? What's up, Doug? Hey, yeah. Since you guys brought up Sophie, uh, let's let's end this at Bob Barker style. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Hell yeah, <laughs> love it. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Pet. You know, you know the rest. I, you know, Kate and I always say if we were to win a million dollars or win the lottery, mm-hmm. what would we do with that money? And we always say we'd buy a big piece of land and rescue all the animals. I love it. Uh, you know, I think that's a great way to find a really solid pet because Sophie is uh, about the sweetest, about the sweetest thing out there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, adopt a pet. Adopt, get to find a rescue because they're great. Adopt, animals. don't shop. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Oh. Thing, right? You know. Yeah, she likes. She just- <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, <laughs> Sophie agrees. I, I thought you, I heard Sophie. her agreeing. All right, and that wraps up this part two of this very special two-parter of Life from the Well. With uh, Troy, thanks again, Thank man. This this. Uh, this two-part series has been has been really incredible. I we've had just such a blast. Um, I, I, I um, yeah, I'm st- I'm stoked to do a third part. Yeah, we're um, we're looking forward to part three with you. So um, thanks for talking. Sure. Thanks again to the giant man next to my right. Thanks again to the den mother to my left. Yeah, thanks to the den mother. Here's the, the wine because we're still <laughs> drinking wine. Two episodes later. Um, Thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are the best. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and do all that stuff that people tell you to do at the end of these things. <laughs> thank you, Troy. Until next time, thank you, my friends. I love you all, and cheers. Cheers. Clink. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Join us next week for another new cocktail and guest.